When you get behind the wheel of a Toyota RAV4 TRD off-road, life-changing moments are always right around the corner. One second, you're picking up your fast-talking East Coast cousin from the bus station. The next, you're blasting down a trail in the backwoods using all-wheel drive, laughing as your dear old cuz falls in love with the dirty South. Yo, this is fire, yo. You boys go hard down South. Woo! Make the most of each moment with an exceptionally capable Toyota SUV like the RAV4 TRD Off-Road. Toyota, let's go places. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane and this is a Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. But it wouldn't happen without the help of our Patreon sponsors Dale Snelling, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Tom Kim and Tim. Thanks so much for your support guys. You can join our Patreon sponsors by heading over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. Uh, if you can't afford to donate, no worries. Head on over to our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcast from. Like, subscribe, and review to help support the show. Well, let's get stuck into it. We had a horrific game yesterday. I guess that's the best way you can describe it. It wasn't fantastic. But joining me today to talk about the Suns is former media manager of the Gold Coast Football Club, Sean Tobin. Welcome to the show, Sean. Shane, thank you so much for having me, mate. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, wanting to uh, to collab and, and jump on board and, and chat all things Suns. So when I when I got your message, mate, it was uh, yeah, it was really nice to receive. And uh, yeah, I, I know that you were you were pretty keen to to jump on and, and do a bit of a show. And um, yeah, mate, always happy to find the time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming on. As I said, former media manager of the football club, you you did that for about six years shortly after the inception of the club. How was that for you? How the the responsibilities and being part of a club that was growing from the ground up? Yeah, so it was uh, it was look it was it was a really interesting six years, and I, I loved you know certainly all, all the years that I was lucky enough to be part of the the Gold Coast Suns. As you touched on, I was part of the media relations department, so um, you know a lot of my role, as we were just talking off air, was was about trying to be a conduit between the the, the media and the players. So my role would be that the uh, the media or, or the external public that were wanting to speak to players, coaches or staff would, would contact me. I would then work with, with the, the player or, or that said person to to facilitate that request and then we would obviously, um, yeah, go about trying to facilitate as many as we could. And look, it wasn't easy because obviously some players receive a lot more requests than others, but, um, you know, we're very lucky in, in our market to have some amazing uh, local journalists from uh, Tom Boswell, who I know you know very closely and who I obviously do the heat room with, uh, to Michael Whiting from AFL Media and and even Andrew Hamilton, who kind of led the charge for a number of years, who's now with the Brisbane Lions. So, uh, yeah, six years with with the Gold Coast Suns, and uh, yeah, was was certainly there not too long after the uh, the flag was first raised. Yeah, and after that, you went solo with the help of one of the former Suns captains, Gary Ablett Jr., to start your own uh, brand media website, Exclusive Insight. So, how has that been? Uh, starting that with Gary. Yeah, look, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, I'm I'm I suppose really lucky in the sense that um, you know I'm I'm lucky to to be involved with with someone like Gary who who shares uh, my vision and and obviously there's a lot of trust that we've that we've built over time and and for me it's always been bigger than than business or football. You know, it's always been about the friendship that we share and 
how can I, I suppose, help him in, in his off-field endeavours? And um, look, to be honest, he's obviously helped me, you know, personally as well with, with some of the, the ideas and thoughts that I have as well. So, uh, look, it, it certainly, um, yeah, was an opportunity that I suppose he and I both shared at the time that we, we really wanted to sort of go down this path and, uh, yeah, create an, an athlete newsroom where athletes of, of any sports, not just the AFL, but NRL and, and Olympic sports um, and uh, soccer players and basketball players could come and, and share their stories and, and and ideas and views on, on anything to do, whether it's sport-related or social-related or personal-related. So that's been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, obviously since then we've, we've created a few other projects together, together Gary and I, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to, to obviously still see him playing football, although he is, uh, what, 36 or 37 years old now. I, I, I do forget, I know it's mid-30s, but uh, yeah, to see him still running around obviously still brings a smile to my face as well. Yeah, he's been an absolute superstar of the game. It, it'd be hard to, to imagine yourself 10 years ago thinking that you'd ever go down that path with such a superstar, having such a good relationship with him. Yeah, look, it, it, it certainly is something that, um, you know, at the time we... We kind of sat down. I remember being, um, you know, sitting down with him for coffees and um, obviously outside the club, you know, when we would hang out and we were talking about the vision that we had for Exclusive Inside and some of the other things that we wanted to do. And, you know, you're sitting there going, yeah, I just hope this works and I hope we can pull this off because, uh, you know, we were doing so many things that were unknown at the time, but the relationships that we've been able to build together um, with other athletes outside the AFL and across the AFL has been amazing. So, yeah, certainly, you know, a fantastic opportunity that, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for at the time because, um, yeah, obviously, you know, I was enjoying my time at the Gold Coast Suns, but, you know, when the opportunity came up that, um, you know, Gary and I could, could maybe start a few ventures together, I, I certainly you know, didn't didn't want to let that opportunity go by. And, and again, it's always been bigger than, than just business or football for me with, with um, uh, Gary and Jazz and, and Keith, our, our other um, uh, colleagues, you know, because there's a friendship at the core of it and, and that's really what, um, you know, I'm most proud about, um, you know, when it comes to, I suppose, the relationships that I share. Well, another strong relationship that you have is with Tom Boswell on the Heat Room podcast, so good friend of the show, Tom. He, you really sort of provide a good yin to his yang on that show. How are you finding it? I hope you can tell him that. I hope, uh, I hope you can uh, give him a heads up next time. Next time uh, you have a chat to him, we do laugh about the relationship and the dynamic that uh, that we have on the heat room. But look, it's been a lot of fun. You know, Tom came to me at uh, I think at the start of the summer and, and said, "Look, I, I want to start a, a Suns podcast." And I know that um, uh, I obviously also do one with uh, uh, Mitch Robinson from the Brisbane Lions, and um, uh, uh, Tom obviously listens to that, and he's always known that I suppose a big passion of mine was to try and do something Suns related. So. Uh, yeah, we're able to link up and, and kind of create a, a bit of a, a weekly talk show where uh, we can kind of chat all things Suns related, much like what you're doing here. And uh, yeah, I suppose for us, it's uh, it's a bit of fun. So Tom always uh, comes with some good gags, and I, I just try and uh, just try and uh, keep make sure that the uh, the show keeps rolling. Well, yeah, well that's fantastic. Um, you took me a bit surprised there with Mitch Robinson because I I didn't know you did that podcast with him. He's a uh... He's an interesting character, Mitch, just played his 200th game, but what fascinates me is he, he's almost like a pro gamer on the side, and being a, a bit of a gamer myself, I'm just amazed that he, he finds the time and dedication to not only uh, put so much effort into gaming, but be a professional athlete at the same time. It, it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, guy, the guy's a bit of a superhuman. He obviously trains... Uh, like because yeah, I mean, he trains as an elite athlete during the day, and at night he's he's streaming games. And, and you're right, he's a professional gamer. He's 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 actually uh, linked in with one of the uh, 
Oceana team, so he's uh, always on Fortnite and always on his computer streaming, as I'm sure you know. And uh, yeah, oh, we obviously have the Rip Through podcast, which which Mitch and I do on a, on a weekly basis as well. And uh, on the weekend, he obviously played his 200th game. So it was a bit weird going to Metricon Stadium and not watching uh, the Suns, but rather watching the, the Brisbane Lions play um, uh, another team there. So uh, look, it was uh, it was something that again Mitch wanted to, to start from the ground up, and uh, yeah, and I was very humbled that uh, they wanted to do that with myself as well. Oh, that's fantastic! I love the, uh, the the rapport you've got with a lot of these players and uh, fans of um, of the shows. The, um, now, back to when you you had your time at the Gold Coast Football Club. What's one of your most memorable moments with the Suns? It's funny. I I, I was actually asked this recently from uh, I think it was Tom. We were, we were chatting about. Uh, you know, just back in the day when, when Tommy and I would always sit down and have coffees and, and try and come up with, with other projects. And it, it's really hard to nail um, uh, one specific moment only because I suppose we have had so many, um, you know, despite it being you know, some challenging foundation years, we have had some, uh, you know, some really enjoyable times. But, um, yeah, I suppose, it, 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 yeah, I mean, look, it, it is really difficult for me to nail one particular moment. I suppose the, the one thing that I, I really cherished as part of my role was the relationships that I was able to build um, with uh, obviously many of the players who I still um, are in contact with now and a lot of the coaching staff as well. So, you know, that, that was certainly one aspect of the role that despite it being a really challenging role, I certainly enjoyed the relationships that I was able to build and, um, you know, I hope that some of those relationships that I uh, that I still have today will, will last long into the future. So, um, yeah, despite obviously not being able to get the, the results on the on, on the on the uh, on the winners board, you know, we, we certainly were able to, to forge some really amazing friendships. Uh, Sean, that sounds like a really typical answer. I mean, I we, we, we had I, we had I, top. I've been all of my media training these guys for six <laughs> years. Come up, I've come up with that. Oh, look, oh, look, there, there are moments. I'm just trying to. I'm trying. I mean, to we we had Tom on the show a few weeks back, and he was talking about the gluten free donuts being delivered to the press box. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, they are they are the bomb. I tell you what, these gluten free donuts at Metricon Stadium roll out uh, are really impressive. So yeah, that's certainly that's certainly up there. Look, I, I do want to say there is one event the Golfers Suns do every year that I think is absolutely incredible and, and Shana, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this is the White Christmas event that they do at uh, Movie World um, for their charity partners and, and every time you go to that event you know you do get get reminded why you're involved with the football club and, and the uh, the impact that the football club can obviously have um, so yeah look that that was certainly you know uh, an event that I really look forward to every year but um, yeah look I, I spend all those years you know training uh, all these players and, and coaching staffs and uh, yeah, I come up with that, so I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe ask me at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, time that we have, and I might have to come up with a better answer for you. Maybe we'll try and get you on the show again in the future, and you can have a better answer for us then, maybe. But what's your favourite win for the Suns? Favourite win. Um, ah, favourite win. Uh, favourite win that uh, I've been involved with, or favourite win that um, I've a- seen. A- any anyone that you've seen involving the Suns, yeah. Yeah, look, it was um, it was uh, it's probably going to sound a bit funny, but the 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 game where Gary actually went down for his shoulder injury, we actually still won that game. I, I don't know whether you remembered, but yep. on the, I'm pretty sure we had Jared Harbrow, Gary, uh, Trent McKenzie, I think was hurt, and um, Charlie Dixon, I think was off as well. So I don't think we had any rotations, and I think it was it was actually against Collingwood, who were obviously you know a, a really strong um, you know, football club in, in in the game, and um, you know to to come out of way. 
to come out with that win, albeit it really was, uh, it defined the history of the club, really, when you think about it, given the fact that the club was destined to play finals that year. And Gary uh, missed out on the, the Brownlow medal because he uh, missed those last seven games. So that win in particular, I've always thought was, was really memorable, um, just given the fight and the character. But um, uh, yeah, obviously the, the, the first win um, was obviously one that, uh, you know, I think a lot of Suns fans will always remember. And uh, I, I'll never forget the goal that Carmichael kicked in Cairns against Richmond. Um, that You know, I find myself watching that, that final play, um, you know, time and time again, because the, 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 the chain of events that led to that goal was just so incredible that I don't think, um, you know, we've seen too many times. So certainly the, the win against Richmond and Cairns will, will always go down as, as one of the, the club's greatest wins. Yeah, that was such a story tale event for, for Carmichael Hunt, the rugby league convert who had his critics and his doubters just pop up and kick the winning goal after the siren for the Suns. That was a, a fantastic story. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, like, like Shane, think of how many AFL players, so not AFL players, think of how many junior footy players you would have seen growing up playing against that you just, you always thought, geez, they're going to they're gonna be 200-game players. That never made it to the AFL purely because of injuries or the fact that um, maybe they weren't able to reach those heights. And, and you had someone like Carmichael Hunt that ended up playing 40-odd games and, and earned a contract extension. Mm. Um, you know, in the game. So I've always said that that's one of the greatest achievements as an athlete to see what he was able to achieve in our game. Yeah, definitely. Um, what Now, assuming Gary Ablett's your favourite Suns player, who's your second favourite <laughs> Suns player? Uh, my, my uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, look, it, it is difficult not to go past Gary and I was talking to someone who was also involved with the football club recently, and um, I think even Tom actually said it on the podcast last week that you just it probably took for granted the years that you watched Gary at the peak of his powers um, at the Gold Coast because you know we haven't seen him play or do what he has uh, that, that he was doing then, you know, in recent years. So yeah, look, certainly he would obviously you know be the the, the favourite player that I've loved to watch over the years. Um, a lot of Suns fans will, will hate me saying this, but. I just thought some of the things that Jack Martin did on a football field, um, you know, he, he made footy fun, and uh, you know, watching him play at the Gold Coast Suns. So, I've always, I've always admired, you know, the, the moments that he was able to, to create for himself at the Suns. But um, I think outside of Gary, um, Jared Harbour would would have to be my, my favourite Suns player um, because um, I just think he he embodies that football club and. Uh, he's, in my eyes, the heart and soul of the football club, has been for a number of years. I don't think there's been a voice outside Gary and Michael Riscatelli that's carried more weight in the locker room. And, um, yeah, I just think for what he's done and for what he's achieved, I think we'll we'll look back and, and really smile every time we watch Darren Harbury highlights. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, he, he was one of the first players announced to, to join the Suns as part of these concessions that we got all the way back in 2010. And, uh, you know, the, the things he's done for the football club uh, off-field and on-field and just spreading that message for the Indigenous people, uh, for up north, uh, really, really great ambassador Harborough has been for the Suns. So I agree with you wholeheartedly yeah. on that. Absolutely. Oh, I just think, um, again, like, and, and he's been, you, you touched on it there, Shane, he's been a, uh, an absolute ambassador for the football club is as part of their uh, their off-field programs, and particularly in, in the indigenous space. And yeah, I just oh, I, I really want to see him achieve team success because 
you know, he's been uh, he's been so fun to watch for such a long period of time. And if I uh, if I had my way, I'd make him sign a ten year contract extension today and, and get to watch him for the next ten years because uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a special talent. Oh, I'm not sure he's got ten years left of footy in him. Maybe as a, a combined coaching <laughs> ambassadorial role. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell you this: I, I, I'm I'm of the view that the Suns Community Award should be named after him um, when, when he when he does decide to retire because I, I don't think anyone's made um, as big of an impact um, in the community space as he has. So I, I would hope that um, maybe at some point, maybe you can you maybe you can campaign for that shame, but uh, I'd love to see the Community Award named after him. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I think we're getting to a stage in the Suns' history where we will have to start naming awards after the players because we've. We've been in here for ten years now, so yeah, community award for Harbrow. Who, who do you think? Um, who, 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 like, would you would you have any names that you would be thinking of in terms of maybe who certain awards should be named after? I'm not familiar with all of them. They they seem to have new ones every year, but straight up best, um, like uh, best and fairest. Um, Originally, I think we are all... A few years ago, I think we were all thinking Gary Ablett. And I guess at this stage, once Gary Ablett retires, I think we can bring up the possibility of naming the best and fairest after Gary Ablett. But I think the leading candidate should be someone like David Swallow. I think once Swallow retires is when we look at uh, renaming our best and fairest after him. Um, best first year player. Well, that, that's kind of a hard one. I don't think you can yeah. really name oh, that. that. That's a difficult one, yeah. isn't it? Um, I mean, maybe Matt Rowell in 15, 20 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a really interesting one. I, I, I'm obviously. Um, you're not going to be biased when I when I say that I believe the club championship should be should be named after Gary. Oh, to be honest, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, but but it's also because I think of the contribution he's made to the football club over a long period of time. I mean, you, you have to really go back to, to when the club was founded. Um, and you know, I think I think we're all guilty at times that we have short memories. And I think when you look at the contribution that Gary's made uh, to the football club, I, I think. Um, Look, I think that will kind of take care of itself. But mm. to be honest, there, there, there is – I'm kind of with you with David Swallow, but I'm really of the belief that the Players' Player Award should be named after David um, when, when he decides, um, you know, hopefully in, in 10, 10 years' time that uh, he's ready to walk away from the game only because he's he could win the award every year. You know, that's how, that's how much he's, uh, you know, revered amongst the, the locker room. So um, they, they have a Players' Player Award every year and I'm yep. certain that, um, you know, that, uh, that would just be the – the perfect award for him to be named after. Yeah, I don't think there'd be too many players left. If we're looking back at the history of the club, Gary Ablett, Jared Harbrow, David Swallow, and maybe Sam Day are the ones that you could look at uh, because they're really the only ones left from the old the old crew, even though Gary Ablett's moved on back to Geelong. But um, yeah, what, what do you think about Sam Day? Yeah, I I just don't know where it would probably fit yeah. um, in terms of uh, I suppose just the awards I know they have you know from most professional to um, uh, yeah you know again like it, it is a very difficult one isn't it like I, I 
I'm, I'm very big that the community award should be named after Jared Harbrow. I'm, I'm very strong that the Players Player Award should be named after David Swallow. And I'm, I'm obviously, you know, of the mindset that I believe Gary will, will um, eventually, you know, receive the honour of having the club championship named after him um, when, uh, when, when, you know, the, the time is right for that. But uh, yeah, I, I look, it's, it's difficult with Sam. I think, um, you know, he's, he's obviously been a, a tremendous clubman for such a long period of time, and. Uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed over the years the, the times that I've had a chance to share a basketball with court with him and, and shoot a few hoops. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think regardless, you know, Sam's Sam's um, you know legacy will, will will be too cemented in some capacity. Mm. Okay, well we're uh, in the middle of a footy frenzy up here in Queensland, Sean. What do you think that means for? Queensland football in general. We're talking about having the Brownlow Medal up here in Queensland, the AFL Grand Final, and just the general exposure with football happening almost every night here in Southeast Queensland. Yeah, there's a saying in crisis um, communications, which uh, you know I, I, you hear all the time, is you know never waste a crisis. And if their game had to be relocated anywhere, it's amazing how we've landed. You know, with with twelve of the teams. Being on the Gold Coast and um, you know seeing what that could do for for you know Queensland footy in general, you know we're, we're having games played at the Gabba, we're having games played at Metricon Stadium, and and TV ratings in Queensland in particular are absolutely flying in comparison to some of the other sporting codes. So, look, it, it, it's an opportunity where um, you know I, I hope that we don't waste it. Again, it's difficult to capitalise when we're restricted with crowd capacity and um, you know uh, obviously the restrictions around what what uh, open training sessions are look, looking like, given the fact that we can't have any, even though um, you know teams are in Queensland and players are having to to still abide by um, return to play protocols. So. Uh, look, oh, I think there's going to be an absolute boost in Queensland. And, and look, if we're reading the play, this may not be the only year that this happens. We, we could see the start of 2021 looking very similar to, to what we have now. So um, there's an absolute boost in Queensland. That the Suns and the Lions have been growing the game up here for a long period of time. And I think this could be you know, something that uh, you know, has obviously a tremendous impact for many years to come in the state. Okay. Well, I got to say, I'm going to be petitioning for Metricon Stadium to host the AFL Grand Final. Can I count you in? Uh, I don't know whether that will happen. <laughs> I think uh, I think the gap is probably all but locked in. If if uh, if Queensland does get it, I'd love to see it happen, but uh, I'm uh, I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to back you in there because I don't know whether that uh, that's going to be able to gain as much traction. I would love to see it. I'll be, I'll be, obviously, you know, protesting with you if if you need me. But uh, I, I would say that the Gabba would likely get that one. Sorry, Look, I, I'm sorry. I hate the Gabba. I just, it's really run down. It's not a. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Great place to watch football compared to Metricon Stadium. And obviously, the newer facilities helps. Yeah, you're probably not going to get the crowd capacity, but it's not that big of a difference. And you could always bring in uh, the the same sort of seating arrangements they brought in for the Commonwealth Games. So 
I feel like it still should be a viable option, especially with a lot of the teams based here and a lot of football being played at Metricon compared to the Gabba this year. So that's my reasoning behind it. But obviously, a lot of people feel differently. I would love to see it. So let me let me just absolutely uh, put, put that on the table for you, Shane, and said I'd love to see it happen. Uh, the, the temporary seating for the Commonwealth Games obviously took you know, months, if not um, you know nearly a year, to, to construct. So we're, we're not going to be able to, to do that. But um, I, I would hope that um, you know I would hope that at least finals, you know, prelims and and things of that nature could potentially happen at Metricon. Because the other thing we have to be thinking about as well is. Know, what are restrictions going to look like? Just because you know the GABA has a crowd capacity of nearly 50,000, we might only be able to have 20,000 at the venue with obviously uh, every row um, uh, being, being left empty you know, to abide by um, uh, COVID restrictions. So, yeah. look, so, so much still to play out there. Um, but uh, I think if, uh, if anything, I'd, I'd just love to see Queensland get it more than anything. I, I'll settle for... Cairns if I have to, even though I won't be able to get there because I'd just love to see um, the AFL Grand Final come to Queensland. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Sean, let's get stuck into the match review for the Giants game. Now, the Gold Coast Suns, four goals, 11-35, defeated by the Giants, nine goals, 7-61. No multiple goal scorers for the Suns as there were only four for the match. Now, this wasn't a great game of football to watch, I've got to say. We were slow out of the block. We lacked pressure. Poor disposal use, constantly butchering the ball, turning it over. And when we did finally get shots at goal, because we had 15 scoring shots, um, probably more than that, there were a couple of scoring shots that weren't counted. Uh, they were marked on the line or punched over. Uh, we, we should have converted those. Now, the midfield getting smashed with poor delivery. Uh, the midfield got smashed, and that counted the poor delivery inside 50. A lot of the, the uh, shots were coming from angles, but it, it still wasn't the Suns that we've been watching this year, with the exception of maybe that first game in Port Adelaide. So do you feel like this is just a, a bad day for the Suns, or do you feel like this could be some concerning issues if they don't address them soon no look i don't think um i don't think it was uh you know look i i probably give it some context in the sense that you know was it a game that they were expected to win um probably not um it it wasn't a, a great game of football to watch i dare say given um you know the the type and style of football that we've seen from the Gold Coast Suns. but i also think gws did a really good job of not allowing Suns to play the, the brand of football that we've, we've all come to enjoy um, this year, the, the type of football that saw them awarded a, a Thursday night game. So, um, look, it, 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 was a, it was a difficult game to watch. I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I'm probably more in the camp of, of looking at the wins that they have this year and, I suppose, trying to compare it against, I suppose, where those teams are positioned on the ladder. Uh, I'm sure you've done your homework as well, but I, I look at some of the wins outside West Coast that the... The, uh, the Suns have enjoyed this year, and and just kind of hope that they, they're able to to maybe just pick a few few more scalps um, this year because uh, obviously you know we, we know where Adelaide are placed in the on the ladder position. We know where 
um, uh, Sydney are as well, and and obviously Fremantle. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably more looking at um, you know where do they fit right now on the, on the ladder positioning, but that they can certainly make a run. You know, we, we've seen the type of football that they play this year is is more than capable of of seeing the team play deep into September. And um, yeah, I, I hope that that's the ambition that a lot of members, fans, and supporters still share because um, you know it, it has been a long time, and and I, I think it's I think it's healthy for for the supporter base to, to want and to, to, to really demand um, finals football because I know that that would be the the expectation internally because the, the guys are playing a brand of football that we know can can compete in September. Um, I always look at the um, the AFL player ratings. So uh, obviously the AFL brings out their own champion data stats, but I, I think on the weekend that the two that um, yeah didn't surprise me that I thought played a, a pretty you know solid game was Sam Collins. So I know that you've noted in, in your match review notes that uh, you kind of felt like he really had an impact, but uh, I, I did think that um, you know Lockie Weller also had a really good game as well. Yeah, this is a. I, I agree with you to an extent there. I feel like this was just a bad game for the Suns um, because you look at our, our midfield with Wits, Greenwood. Bad game as in they should have really won that or bad game as in... It was a bad performance. Uh, they should have... I mean, looking at the scoreline, there was nothing stopping them from being a bit closer with kicking efficiency. But yeah. what what strikes me, like you made a point, GWS, yes, they, they limited the Suns, but... I, I don't think you can limit tackles. I don't think that's a strategy a team can implement against you. Tackles is more about the work rate and effort that you as a player put into that game. And Greenwood having zero tackles and only 12 pressure acts when he averages eight tackles and 28 pressure acts a game. Uh, I think Lockie Weller had one tackle. Um, uh, uh, Swallow, I think, only had the one tackle. Wits had zero. It's just been a feature of our game and for our entire team to basically be well down on tackles and pressure acts, it's more, to me, that speaks to more of a mental thing and not GWS stopping us. So I'm not sure. Do you think the 10-day break might have had something to do with that? Being in the club for, like, does the, the time between games... Does that have a huge impact? I, to, to be honest, I, I, I'm. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to give them a. A no, the cop out's not the right word. I don't. I don't want to use that as an excuse because some teams, you know, in previous years, we've, we've lauded that they've wanted the, uh, you know, the ten day break because it gives their their players a chance to really freshen up and and uh, and recharge that that little bit longer, which can have a massive impact on on players' recovery. Um, of all the teams in the competition, that the Suns are incredibly well placed in terms of obviously the fact that all the teams are here, right? So they're getting to sleep in their own bed, which is uh, you know they're, they're one of the only uh, teams in the competition that are able to do that do that at the moment. Um, so look, there's not too many excuses that you can really pull on, other than the fact that as you touched on, they, they just they just didn't uh, they just didn't have a good game. Um, but uh, look, there, there are certain things that. Um, I, I always look for, you know, what's the defensive shape looking like? So when, when, when teams have got the ball on the rebound, how are they running back? And I probably felt on the weekend that, you know, defensively I don't really felt like they um, ran as hard both ways as they've done in previous games. You, you, you touched on the tackling um, and the defensive pressure. Uh, yeah, look, probably probably wasn't, wasn't there. Um, I'd love to know where you felt 
you, you can kind of bring that down to because I know that you obviously watch the Suns very closely and uh, yeah, I suppose in previous weeks we've we've seen a, we've seen a lot more hungrier um, midfield and, and and back seats than what we saw on the weekend. Yeah, I don't know why uh, players you know have down games when it comes to tackles and pressure acts. I mean that's basic stuff. It's one percenters. Uh, Tuke Miller still had a reasonable game, um, but so many contributors in that side that. I feel weren't switched on mentally to to do the hard yards and do all the basics. Uh, maybe they, maybe it was the break. Maybe GWS got in their heads on the field. Um, yeah, I I don't know, but the the positive that we can take from this, the silver lining, is that was probably one of the worst performances we've seen from the Suns this year, uh, and they were still only twenty six points behind the the giants um and with a greater kicking efficiency could have been a lot closer maybe even pinched that win so that's the silver lining from it that it's just a a bit of a work rate a bit of a mental thing if they switch on then we're back to to where we were weeks ago um i mean ben ainsworth played his 50th game and he played amazing uh Probably the only the only negative on his performance was his disposal use. He he didn't quite hit too many targets. Had a couple of shots at goal that didn't convert, but he was getting into all the good positions at the right times, uh, being the link up player. So he's really come on. I felt and his fiftieth game, he was probably unlucky not to to get the win. If the other side, if the other players played to his level, I think we may have been a lot closer there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I kind of looked at um, you know how Ben moved on the weekend, and, and you're right. I thought he moved really well, and he had a couple of shots of goal, one of which he, he really probably should have converted. But uh, he, he's, he's looking dangerous around goals, and he's moving up the ground a lot more um, than we've seen in recent weeks. He's really playing as that high half forward. I mean, the number of times I saw him kind of push into the uh, stoppages when it was uh, in Geelong's forward of centre. Um, you know, so he's, he's he's running really well, and, and Collins, as you touched on, um, you know, is, is certainly someone who who we're seeing knows how to read the play and, and intercept and, and is starting to damage teams on the rebound. So, uh, yeah, look, it, it was a it was a really difficult performance to watch. Um, it, it certainly wasn't one that we've come to, um, I suppose, see in terms of the characteristics of how the teams played this year. But, oh, look, I've got no doubt that they'll rebound this uh, this, this weekend because uh, they, they need to. You know, we're, we're, we're in a year where it's so tight and, Every win means something, and uh, you know that they don't want to. They don't want to drop too many. Uh, not not given the situation that they're in. Yeah, and you mentioned before, obviously Weller. You said Collins uh, was a bloke that stood up. Coach Stuart Jew also mentioned that in his press conference. Uh, but I'd like to shout out as well to to Jack Bowes. I thought he played a brilliant Great. game, intercepting in our defence with twelve intercepts, ten contested possessions in a game where the Suns really struggled with their contested possessions. And Jack Lukosius, that was probably one of his better games for the year. 19 disposals, 564 metres gained and five score involvements. So he was still doing his best to to drive some sort of score uh, for the Suns. But um, the play of the game came in that second quarter. Play of the game. So this uh, was, a, I think, cut off at the GWS uh, forward line and the Suns rebounded all the way up into their forward line and just the overlap run. Uh, it got to a stage where Sexton was running onto a ball, a GWS player came off King, 
to try and interfere. And Sexton was smart enough to just tap the ball under her. Uh, over the King who could just pick it up and run straight into goal so it was a great performance from Sexton to to see that that option and just the deft little touch there um, got got the goal there for King yeah yeah you, you're not wrong it was uh, it was definitely a strong play and you know he's kind of hoping that uh, you know at that stage of the game um, you know the, the, the momentum hopefully might have been able to build but uh, it wasn't to be, but uh, again, still really good signs that, that we hope the team can build on uh, in the weeks to come. And the other highlight came with about 30 seconds left to go in that game. This is incredible! Ben King running back with the flight of the ball, very courageous, took a brilliant mark when the game was done and dusted. And uh, he's been rewarded with the Mark of the Year nomination. That was one of the, the more courageous marks you've ever seen, right, Sean? I reckon he'll be the first of many that we see, Shane. I reckon, uh, I reckon he's got a few more in his bag that he might uh, that he might even bring out this year. So, uh, yeah, well-deserved. And it was, it was probably only a matter of time, wasn't it? Yeah, he he struggled, King. He, he The opposition seemed to have worked out how to limit his run. And I don't think the midfield's helping him as far as getting a, a nice supply. But uh, that was certainly one of the highlights that hopefully King continues to display that, that courage. Uh, moving on to the, some news, Graham, Fiorini, Sharp, Flanders and Smith were loaned out to other clubs for a practice match on Friday in a smart move by the club to give those players up to uh, six, uh, six days rest before the potential game against the Saints. So with in the reserves news, Murtar kicked four goals, Corbett three goals from five scoring shots. Farah three goals and Roses Junior two goals. So we've got some uh, some goal scorers sitting in the reserves, but it depends on what sort of changes we'll be making for that Saints game coming up this Thursday night. Are there any that stand out to you as players that we need to get into that side? Look, I've always been of the view that um, you know Fiorini is in our best twenty-two. So um, look, I know it's difficult at the moment to, to kind of see. Um, you know him. Him sort of, I suppose, be be on the be on the outer. Um, I reckon he's going to get a chance very soon, um, especially just given where where we are in the course of the season. Um, uh, I know he's not one that you've made mention, but Will Brody's a really interesting one. Obviously, there's Victorian clubs that are circling him um, to to gain a sense of whether or not he may be gettable at the end of this year. Um, and I suppose the other one is, is Peter Wright. Now, certainly not saying that Peter Wright and and, and Will Brody are deserving of uh, their place based on the fact. That they're pushing into the team, just rather the fact that you know, are there opportunities that that may need to be given to, I suppose, you know, allow those two to understand that they are in the, or there's a spot for them um, that they can certainly push towards because we know that there's Victorian clubs that are circling them. Yeah, my mail is Will Brody isn't really happy about not being able to get break into that side. So if he doesn't find a way to get into that side, yeah, he he could very well be on the move at the end of this season. What, what would you do, Shane? What would you do? What, what if you were in uh, Will Brody's position? What would what would you look to do? Well, yeah, I gotta say, I'd I'd look to explore my my options. Uh, you've got to look after yourself this day and age, and you're only an AFL player for what ten to fifteen years if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to maximise uh, your your financial income in that that's base of time so you, I mean you can't blame Will um, 
but then again what's the financial difference between what he's getting paid to be here on the Gold Coast and going somewhere else and so I'm not sure how that breaks down with the the match payments and then the base salary I know it can get a little complicated but for me I'd be looking at from a purely financial point of view Um, but obviously Will would like to be out there playing football with his mates having fun so if if he's not having fun sorry Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch um, as, as the season you know unfolds. Because uh, you're right, you know, look, it, it, you know, I don't think anyone's going to begrudge him for for you know looking for senior opportunities elsewhere if he's just not able to crack into the side. But um, just to, to go back to your earlier point, I think Fiorini is, is certainly one that I think um, you know I'm, I'm hoping that once he uh, you know gets his chance again, that, that uh, you know he really seizes it because I think he's in our best twenty-two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Brody's behind Fiorini. And if Fiorini can't even get a game, Brody's got a, an uphill battle to get in there. I think Wits looks pretty sore, and I wouldn't be surprised if we rest him for this game against St Kilda being midweek and give Zach Smith a go. He was one of the club players that was lined out to have that extra couple of days rest. Um, the other one I am interested in, it, it looks like McPherson will go out for, for Lemons. Uh, Lemons missed would have been into this game just gone if it wasn't for the fact his partner went into labour so we've got a, a baby Lemons on, uh, arrived so congratulations to Sean for the birth of his daughter but um, yeah I think Lemons will come straight into that side as well and give a, a nice refresh to our our hunting pressure and tackles in that forward half for the game yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, I think, uh, you know, certainly there's, you know, there's some depth that we're starting to see, which is, of course, you know, we, we've always spoken about. We've been crying out for depth to see, you know, when when can we start to have a list that, that really challenges each other. So it's a good problem to have, and you know, it, it, there'd be some headaches in match committee as well, which uh, you know, which is going to be really interesting. I, I agree. I think I think it's probably does, you know, maybe uh, get get a spell on the uh, on, on the sidelines, and, and maybe you know, Smitty can come in and and have a real impact and, and show that he's ready for that uh, that opportunity as well. Yeah, I feel like we need to start having changes. I've been a big fan of, uh, for the last couple of years, of wanting the club to, to have consistent changes to their side. I understand that they want uh, continuity with the playing group, getting used to playing with each other, but we're still a young side, and I feel like good man management requires that we constantly rotate through some of our players not only so they get a constant taste of AFL football to give them that hunger to keep striving, but just managing their workload and their bodies. And I feel like we saw on the weekend that they they were a bit tired, that they were a bit down, and they couldn't really pull themselves out of that hole that they were in. I feel like if we had kept rotating players, we may not have been in that situation. But that's it's interesting because Stuart Jew hasn't, and the selection committee hasn't really been one to to make wholesale changes um, like you would expect with such a young side. No, no, correct. So look, I, I, I'm certainly uh, certainly not disputing what you're saying there in terms of just being able to give, uh, I suppose, just sharing the load and, and managing those expectations. So um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds over the uh, over the coming period as well, and particularly as we start to sort of get through these condensed games as well. So, uh, look, I, I know we're running short of time, and I know you, you've got a couple more uh, quick talking points that you wanted to rally through. Yep, yep, we're, we'll just about wrap it up. But before we go, do you give the Suns any chance to, to defeat the Saints this Thursday? 
with my heart, I hope so. With my head, I reckon it's going to be really tough. I think St Kilda are, are going to make a real push this year, and um, uh, look, some of their, their players are uh, you know are really starting to hit their form, and um, I think they've also you know they're also showing a level of hunger that that's um, you know we we saw the sunset you know at the start of the year and. Uh, there's a, there's a real desperation around what they're doing, so I, I think unfortunately it's, it's going to be a bit too tough this weekend for, uh, for the Suns. All right. So who do you think the goals will come through for the Suns this week? Uh, for this week, uh, look, really interesting, really interesting one. I, I, I kind of um, I kind of like what uh, as we just touched on before what, what Benny Ainsworth is doing. I think he's leading up really well. I think he's looking really dangerous um, around goals. I think Sexton's due for a, a really um, uh, strong game, just given the fact that he too is his work rate's been been really strong. Um, so sort of seeing where those those two potentially fit into the equation. Um, you know, Isaac Rankin. I'm not putting too much pressure on him. I know everyone's saying, "Oh, Isaac Rankin's going to come out and kick five this weekend," but uh, I just think let him let him ease into to the um, to to his sort of first year in the competition and. And hopefully, you know, the maturity that he's going to be able to show, um, you know, towards the back end of the year will, will be a result of the confidence that he's able to build through these coming games. So, uh, look, I think the smalls will be where it's, uh, you know, really going to come from uh, this weekend. All right. Well, that does us for this week. Thank you for joining me, to, uh, Sean. And uh, look forward to listening to you on the heat room in the coming days. Absolutely, Shane. No worries at all, mate. And can I just say a massive, uh, massive praise, mate, for, for what you're doing here. I mean, you know, it's not easy to, to start your own uh, son's cast and, and you're doing a fantastic job for the people. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you're doing it out of your own time, out of your own goodwill to promote the, the football club. And, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. And, uh, mate, I appreciate you, you reaching out and, and wanting me to come on and, and chat all things son's related. And, uh yeah, hopefully, who knows, man? Hopefully, this uh, this rates pretty well, and uh, maybe you get a few more subscribers from it as well, which uh, which I'm sure would be quite nice. Fingers crossed. Anyway, thanks, Sean. Have a go, Suns. Awesome, mate. You too. Take care. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.